Hello, everyone, and welcome to Full Time, where we take you around the world of soccer locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally. Full Time is presented by the Game Sports Podcast and powered by 91N. You're listening to Season 4, Episode 6 of Full Time. I am your host, Daniel Scarpino, and with me is our co-host, Gaetano G- Before I begin today's show, Full-Time is sponsored by Little Caesars Pizza. With their two locations in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, you can download and access the Pizza Portal app so you can enjoy a delicious hot and ready pizza from Little Caesars today. Remind our listeners that recordings of Full-Time occur weekly or bi-weekly and uploads to all of our platforms for public viewing and listening occur weekly or bi-weekly as well. Folks, we are delighted to welcome you back to Full-Time. Gee, it is December. There is a little bit of snow on the ground as of this morning, and uh, we're here to talk about the beautiful game together. How goes it, my friend? I'm doing great. I got the city game on in the background, so if I randomly jump up and interrupt you, I do apologize. But, you know, uh, other than that, I am doing phenomenal. How are you doing, Scarps? I'm doing great, man, and uh, it's nice to be here together on this Sunday morning. Also got uh, Match Day Live up here ready to go, and to record on this Sunday morning is uh, is very great, so I'm happy to be here. In today's show, we will talk Everton's 10-point deduction in the Premier League, Europe's Big Five, the Champions League, and the MLS. As always, if anyone would like to listen to our previous content, please check us out at Full Time on the Game Sports Podcast and 91N. And just before we get into today's show, today marks a very special time here for us on Full Time for uh, Gaetano and I. We have officially been recording full-time together for one full year. How quickly, uh, three, 365 days uh, has come and gone, really. And Gaetano, uh, we've gone around the sun once talking about the beautiful game. Can you believe it's been a full year already? Uh, not at all. When you mentioned it before we started recording, I, it kind of like shocked me. I had to like check the calendar and be like, wow, it's, it's actually been a year. It's just flown by, uh, and it's just been a blast. <laughs> it really has been a blast, and uh, getting to talk about the beautiful game week in, week out is something that we both love and both enjoy. It's uh, one of the things that connects the two of us. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, delighted that we've been able to do this for a year, and uh, long may it continue. As the, as they say, a huge thanks to all of our viewers and listeners, of course, because uh, without all of you, we wouldn't be able to do this. Uh, a fantastic audience that we get to administer this information to. So, again, without your support, this wouldn't be possible. So, looking forward to the next year uh, year ahead, G. Cheers, my friend. Absolutely, boss. Cheers. <laughs> and without further ado, Gaetano, and to everyone who has taken the time to tune in here today, let's kick off. We begin today's show by talking about Everton's 10-point deduction in the English Premier League. Everton have been uh, deducted 10 points for a breach of profit and sustainability rules. The deduction put Everton into the relegation zone, but they hadn't stayed there for long as they now find themselves outside of the bottom three. Gee, some ill-advised decision-making in the financial department for the Toffees. What can be said about this off-putting situation? Yeah, uh, I think 10 points was a little harsh, um, you know, given it wasn't, you know, hundreds of millions. I think it was about a 30 million pound breach, uh, if I remember correctly, somewhere in that ballpark. Yep. Um, yeah, 10 points is, uh, I feel like that's a, a little stiff. But like you said, they're already, they've already won those points back, climbed out of relegation zone, like, kind of just over it at this point. Uh, I think, obviously, if they had didn't get those results right away, and, you know, maybe uh, we're still fighting in the relegation zone, would be a different story. But they've, uh, it's almost been a catalyst for them. They've uh, turned their season around a little bit here. 
Definitely. And uh, they haven't looked half bad. They had that great victory against Newcastle the other day. Uh, really impressive. So, yeah, it's almost uh, the, the points null and void at, at this point. It doesn't really make much sense or it doesn't mean much, I should say. But uh, to me, I, I'm with you. I didn't really understand the whole 10 points. I felt like that was a little bit harsh. And I thought that it would have probably kicked in at a later point in the, in the year, if not after the season was done. But nevertheless, here we are, and uh, I don't think Everton are too bothered about it because they should survive, assuming they continue to get some of the results that uh, they have been getting as of recent. So with that being said, we've just referenced the Premier League, G, and uh, we'll, we'll kickstart our conversation with Europe's Big Five, and that being uh, first and foremost the English Premier League. So Liverpool uh, are in the uh, ascendancy, really, with 37 points at the top of the table. They've moved into first place. Arsenal sit in second with 36 points after their loss yesterday. Aston Villa move into third with 35 points, and they've been playing some brilliant football as of late. And it's Manchester City in fourth with 30 points. And uh, as we record right here and now, they are playing against Luton Town. Gee, Tottenham have fallen out of the top four, and Villa jump into it as well. Liverpool, as we said, go to the top of the table for the first time this season. So a few twists and turns in there, but what could be said for the top of the table right now? Yeah, I think you're starting to see that, uh, you know, your your top four title contenders really starting to take shape. You know, teams like Spurs falling off. Uh, not that we were, were surprised by that at all. We expected them to. Uh, even teams like Newcastle and Brighton kind of falling off and really kind of narrowing it down. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Villa is a big shock to be uh, still in there about 40% of the way through the season. But yeah, I think you're, you're, like, your title race is going to be those four teams now. Um, a little bit shocking, yeah. Uh, Villa under Emery have just been like stupid good like not not just like good for like a mid-table team but like actually legitimately like super good um so i'm interested to see how they uh kind of stick around how long they stick around in this title race yeah i'm interested too you wonder if it's gonna wear thin but uh i mean some of the stuff that i even saw yesterday and then when they played man city the other day too they they did look good in so many facets of their play aston villa did the way that they press the way that they retain the ball the way that they commit numbers forward it's it's really impressive so we'll see how long they could hang around there but it's uh it, it has been a good little battle there at the top of the table in the relegation zone, we really can't say a whole lot because it seems like uh, everyone in the Premier League at some point in time is picking up a win here and there, which is, is good for the league. Uh, that being said, Luton, Burnley and Sheffield are in the bottom three, but uh, not by much. Uh, gee, Everton found themselves, like we said, in the relegation zone for a minute, but uh, they didn't stay there. Uh, so what could be said for the bottom three right now and basically what's happening at the bottom of the table? Well, I mean, Burnley are starting to get some something going. They've gotten a couple of good wins, a couple of good performances. Sheffield just they they look lost. I don't think there's any hope for them. Uh, as kind of bad as it sounds, and Luton uh, are surprisingly starting to like turn it around just like a little bit, uh, getting some good performances. Uh, as of recording, they are currently beating City one nil. Um, so yeah, like like that's a huge three points for them to get. Well, potentially, I, I... potentially. <laughs> Yeah, if if and if it does stay that way, you know it's going to be a nervy ending uh, if it does stay this way for sure. But yeah, that goal in the stroke of halftime, Luton have been playing pretty well as of recent. They they got that draw against Liverpool. Uh, Arsenal had to squeak it against them in the last second. So yeah, it's uh, it's been good because uh, the parity in the league is there. I would say maybe apart from Sheffield, uh, it looks like anybody can kind of fall into that drop zone, if you will. Out in Italy, <laughs> it's Inter who remain top. Juventus hold second place drop off into third place is Milan and it's Roma and Napoli who are joint fourth. 
G15 games into into this here, and uh, if you look at spots four through nine, it's all separated by just three points, which is incredible. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Serie A? Yeah, actually loving this title race. Uh, probably going to be one of my favorites uh, of the season uh, so far. It's just like we we always like talk about Serie A being very like you know it's top heavy, but like very even at the top, and like this is like yeah. This is ridiculous. Like literally half the table is in the title race right now. Um, it's just nuts. I love it so much. Yeah, it definitely uh, has been great. And a few little surprises here and there, but the competitiveness to, to try and get into the top four, I think will be at an all-time high uh, come the end of the season. In Spain, La Liga is heating up and it's Real Madrid who have jumped their way to the top by a single point. It's Girona in second, Barcelona in third, and Atletico in fourth. Gee, there are a few teams on the outside looking into the top four, but right now it is all about the battle at the top with Real Madrid, Real Madrid rather, and Girona, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, Girona's still holding on. It's like every like weekend it just gets closer and closer because you don't want to call it Leicester City, but like every weekend we kind of step closer and closer to like they're, they're, they might do this. A uh, huge game uh, coming up for them, though, against Barcelona could kind of, I don't want to say decide their fate, but, you know, get the right result here like being Barcelona keeping them three points back is like that's that'd be so huge for them absolutely and we talk about moments in football all the time and uh, there's certain moments and seasons that define things you wonder if that's going to be a moment that uh, would define things for them and really put things on the, the trajectory for where they're going to go this season so definitely looking forward to that one it's fun times in Germany's Bundesliga where Leverkusen find themselves at the top by a three-point margin Bayern have dropped their most recent result and are in second. Stuttgart, having a, a fine season themselves, uh, find themselves in third place. RB Leipzig round out the top four with a bit of breathing space. Katani, take a look at uh, Bayern's goal scoring record, and, and you almost wonder how they've dropped any points at this point. They've scored nearly 50 goals in just 13 games uh, in the league, but it's Leverkusen at the top nevertheless. What can be said for the Bundesliga? Yeah, Leverkusen are just like unreal like some of the best like actually just, just to watch one of the best uh i've i've watched so far this season they're just so 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 good and yeah byron's defense uh obviously manuel neuer like not uh being there is a huge huge loss for them uh he's just and he hasn't well he hasn't really been that keeper for a while but uh yeah they need to get their defense sorted out obviously you know they're scoring for fun but i think i think they conceded five uh last over the weekend uh, in their last loss, uh, yeah, 5-1 to Frankfurt. Like, you, Bayern Munich can't be losing 5-1 to Frankfurt ever. Like, ever. You can lose, like, a, a close 2-1 game, and it's, you know, not the end of the world. But, yeah, 5-1, that that kind of just summarizes all of their problems. Yeah, and it is one of those things where you say, you know, great teams are built from back to front, and you can score as many goals as you want, but you do need to defend. But it, it was, it's been staggering for me because you look at Byron almost week in, week out, and they're scoring, like you said, for fun. It's like a minimum of three goals a game. And it's like, you know, even if you are conceding one, two here and there, you know, it, it's hard to, to believe that you wouldn't be at the top of the table. But nevertheless, like you said, Leverkusen having a fantastic season. Stuttgart, by all accounts, having a great season. Leipzig are always going to be there. So uh, definitely a, a fun little race there in Germany. And we'll definitely keep an eye on it moving forward. And in France's league, uh, PSG are slowly solidifying themselves at the top of the table. They sit in first with 36 points. Nice move into second with 32 points after their most recent victory uh, earlier this morning. 
Monaco are in third with 30 points, and Lille round out the top four with 27 points. Gee, your thoughts on Liga? Yeah, PSG are starting to to crawl away with it here. Uh, only a four point lead, but you know how they if they can get on that kind of roll, uh, like the old school days, like yeah, could be over sooner rather than later. Um, but really liking the, uh, the competitiveness of the rest of the top kind of four or five. Um, a lot of really good teams still sticking around in there in that uh, in the race for the European spots. I think it's going to be a really good title race. I'm hoping so. Fingers crossed, because you never want to have a runaway and then uh, have really nothing to talk about. So fingers crossed for the competitiveness to be as high as it ought to be in league. Uh, this is Daniel Scarpino and Gaetano Gallo, and you're listening to Full Time on the Game Sports Podcast. A reminder that Full Time is sponsored by Little Caesars Pizza. You can download and access the Pizza Portal app for any of the two locations in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Have a delicious hot and ready pizza from Little Caesars today. Let's shift gears, ladies and gentlemen, to the Champions League. Just one game remains in the group stage, which will wrap up this upcoming week. G, have you been happy with uh, the Champions League thus far? Oh, always. It's uh, just, it's the best competition in the world to watch. It just, it just is. <laughs> yeah, it really is that simple. And as a City fan, uh, we're going to talk about it here in a moment's time, uh, looking really good in the competition as the defending champions. So we will uh, we'll review each group here and now for everybody listening. And we'll start with Group A. It is Bayern, who we just referenced a moment ago, who uh, have already topped the group with 13 points. Copenhagen, Galatasaray, and Manchester United are all vying for that second position. G, who's going to get second spot in this group? Uh, same answer as last week, not United. <laughs> um, but this Copenhagen-Galatasaray game uh, is actually probably be one of like the matches to watch. Uh, I, I'm going to assume that Bayern are going to slap United and they'll be out. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be one of the best games to watch, fighting for that uh, second spot. I think last week I said Galatasaray because they have a little more European experience. I'm going to stick with that. Very good. And it's... Uh... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to grab that second spot. You you wouldn't imagine necessarily that um, that whoever does get second spot is going to do particularly well in the round of 16, but we've seen weirder things happen in the Champions League. So uh, I'm actually going to, I think I'm going to sway to Copenhagen. I don't know why, I just feel like that might happen. But regardless, it will be an absolute battle to see who's going to get that second spot uh, in the final match day this week. In Group B, Arsenal have topped the group with a game to spare. PSV looking likely to seal the second position in the group. G, what are your thoughts on uh, on Group B? Yeah, I think uh, Sevilla will probably get the result they need to get into third and go into the Europa League and win it. Yep. Uh, and I do think that PSV are going to, you know, hold on uh, to the second spot there and Lens are going to go out. Yep. And uh, nice thing, I guess, in the case of Arsenal, because they've already topped the group and City's in the same position as we're going to talk about here shortly. Arsenal have the opportunity now to completely rotate their squad and give guys much needed rest because, um, you know, how quick and, and thick and fast the games come around Christmas. So, yeah, definitely a good spot for Arsenal to be in to be able to rotate the squad. And like I said, PSV probably looking likely to uh, to grab that second spot. In Group C, Real Madrid doing what Real Madrid do in this competition, and that is dominate. They have a perfect record of five wins, zero draws, and zero losses. Napoli looking likely to get that second spot. Gee, what can be said for uh, for Group C? Yeah, I think like you said, they're in Napoli are likely to get that second spot. Uh, they have to play Braga uh, in their final game, so it should be, should be uh, a routine three points uh, and second in the group for them. But stranger things have happened. Yes, most definitely, and we'll keep an eye on that. But 
we had to uh, logically assume and, and presume the, the result would probably say that uh, Napoli would find their way through. In Group D, it's a close battle for positions one and two. It's Real Sociedad and Inter who uh, will qualify for the round of 16, regardless of what happens in their last game. G, your thoughts on these two teams in this group and um, just basically with these two particular teams, uh, how, how good they actually have been. Yeah, I mean, Inter being in there is not a surprise at all. Last year's finalists, one of the best teams in Serie A last year and this year. Uh, so no shock that they're up there. But Sociedad have uh, been super impressive so far uh, domestically and in Europe. Uh, and for them to be fighting for first in the group, uh, they haven't played in the Champions League for a long time. Uh, and so for them to be like already fighting for uh, top of their group is really impressive for them. I am going to give the edge to Inter just because they have to play each other for this uh, final spot. I think Inter just have a little more quality. Fair enough. And would you say, G, in this game that this would be like, would this be a game where because each knows that they're going? Not a boy, Bernardo. Sorry. Yeah, they just scored. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so with with this game here, they know both teams know that they're going through. How much do you think each team might rotate, if at all? Like, because I know that you're going to either get into either pot to to go into the round of sixteen. But what do you think? I think finishing that first, finishing pot one is so, so, so important. Um, especially because, I mean, no offense to Inter, but like neither of these teams are like giants in Europe. Yeah. Um, it's a little different when like if like City end up in pot two, and it's like, all right, well, whatever, like we'll just we'll smoke whoever we play anyways, right? Um, yeah. You know, the difference for like Sociedad could be, oh, like if you finish pot one, you play Napoli. If you finish pot two, you play City, you play Real Madrid, you play you don't want to deal with that in the first round. Like, you want to at least get through the round of 16. So I think I think both these teams are going to go for it, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I looked at it too, and I thought, if anything, maybe one or two small tweaks. But in the end, I think especially because, like you said, they're matching up against one another, I think they're going to go as strong as possible with the exception of maybe, maybe one or two tweaks here and there. Group E has Atletico Madrid top. Lazio second, Feyenoord are third, and will drop into the Europa League, and Celtic are out. G, either Atletico or Lazio will finish top, and the other in second, but both are through to the knockout phase in this competition. Best two teams for you in this group, you'd say? Uh, by far, by far. Um, obviously, Atletico, for a very long time, were kind of a, a perennial contender, have dropped off a little bit, but they're turning it around, and Lazio have been like, it's like quietly good in Serie A for the last couple of years, and they're like slowly on the ascendancy. So I'm not surprised to see them finishing second in the group at all. Yep. And uh, I would say rightly so that they go through to the round of 16. How well they'll do once they get there, time will tell, but definitely deserving to go through out of the group without doubt. Group F is keeping us entertained to say the very least. All four teams remain in contention to go through. Dortmund are top with 10 and will go through automatically. It's down to PSG, Newcastle, and Milan who will battle it out for the final spot. G, who's going to get it? I think Newcastle might pull it off. I think I think Dortmund are going to beat PSG, and then Newcastle are going to beat Milan, and Newcastle is going to squeak through. Well, I kind of hope that that happens because uh, we've been talking about her all the way through, like St. James Park, just unbelievable on those European nights. But I don't even know if I could really guess. I, I, I wrote it down, and I, I said that PSG uh, would go through, and, and I thought maybe Dortmund as well. But, like, who really knows? Who really, really, really knows? It's going to be awesome to see Group F. There it is again, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Unbelievable. That's, you know that that's super gonna... Jack Grealish right there. Yeah. Actually, he's been having a good game. Some of his little passes in behind. 
Oh, he's so like so Man. deceptive in his, with his passing. I love it. And uh, oh, there, you know what though? There might have been a handball in the buildup. They're saying, eh? I just got a notification that there may have been a, ha- a handball in the buildup, but oh, regardless. No. <laughs> uh, Grealish, yeah, yeah, on the left-hand side when uh, the, the the fullback's coming across, they're basically doubling up, uh, doubling him up with the center back. It's just no, it hits him in the chin. It hits him in the chin. In the chin? Okay, very good. Well, in your case, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just leaving those little spaces in behind, and uh, like Alvarez, you made a, a nice run through earlier and just slipped it in behind. But yeah, no, two-one uh, for City now, uh, and yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on Group F because <laughs> ultra competitive there. In Group G, it is your Manchester City, Gaetano, who are absolutely flying with a perfect record, all 15 points and 15 goals to their name as well. Leipzig will finish second in the group. Gee, we know the quality of Leipzig, and they definitely deserve to go through. But just talk about your Manchester City and how they have not rested on their laurels in this competition because uh, they have looked fantastic. Yeah, no, it's... uh, Pep said it uh, at the end of last year, being this year, like, winning, winning the Champions League once is, like, great, but, like, the best teams are always winning it. And, you know, it's it's the teams that win it once and fall off. Like, City don't want to be that. City want to be the Real Madrid, the Barcelona, the Bayern Munich that are always in that conversation. Um, and whatever Pep is saying to them uh, is working. Uh, I've looked really good. Other than the first 45 minutes against Leipzig, I think it was, was it last week or the week before? Yeah. Um, where they went down 2-0. But they came back. The You know, we've been undefeated uh, at the Etihad in 19 games in Europe in our last 19 which is nuts uh like it's slowly turning into a like a european fortress like the bernabeu like the camp new used to be like it's uh it's an interesting turn i like it and i i'm really liking city's chances again this year yeah you you have to put them in the conversation as to win it again this year and uh speaking of pep as you just did i saw a funny quote from him the other day he's like to, to your point about you know you always want to be in that conversation that's what the good teams do but he said if we win the treble again this year i will retire for sure uh, you know what like <laughs> i mean if we go look I, I i i always say that i'm like a realistic fan like it's great to like expect to win trophies but like as long as you're like in the conversation near like march april if you don't win them whatever but like if we win back-to-back trebles like i'm Done. happy i'm that, that's it that's football completed you go back-to-back yeah. trebles <laughs> probably never be done again so yeah <laughs> no We'll see the likelihood of it happening. We have to say probably not, but could it happen? Hey, if we only <laughs> the show, it's football. Anything can happen, so we will see. And in Group H, it's a fun one uh, where Barcelona currently sit top with 12 points. Porto and Shakhtar are joint second with nine points each. Porto only ahead on a better goal difference. Gee, who might go through in this group? This is a tough one. Um Obviously, that Porto and Donetsk game, uh, deciding who goes through, is like, that's huge. I'm going to lean Shakhtar Donetsk. Just gut feeling. I wish I could explain it, but just gut feeling. Fair enough. And uh, I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to say Porto. I think that they'll join Barcelona on the way through. But regardless, it's going to be uh, really entertaining to see uh, how Group H finishes up. So we definitely have here about three or four groups that we're going to be looking at to see what, what ends up happening. And that's exactly what you want to see in, in the last... Uh, on the last match day uh, for the group stage in the Champions League, because oftentimes we see it's just a, a bit of a whitewash and there's really not much to, to watch, uh, watch there. So it's definitely um, going to be entertaining this week. 
The final round of games in the Champions League will go December 12th and 13th, which will conclude the group stage. From there, the round of 16 will de be determined for, uh, for the new year, which will commence knockout football in the greatest domestic cup competition in the world, as you referenced earlier, G. The MLS Cup Final took place last night, and what a finale it was. After Columbus, Cincinnati, Houston, and LAFC were all victorious in their Cup Conference semifinals, they earned the right to play in the Conference Finals. Of those four teams, it was Columbus and LAFC who were victorious. As a result, Columbus and LAFC, who met in the MLS Cup, uh, Cup Final just last night, entertained us to the ultimate high. Two goals in quick succession by Columbus in the 33rd and 37th minute would be enough to hold off a late LAFC goal as the Columbus crew would go on to win their third MLS Cup in franchise history. Gatano, on the whole, it was a game that Columbus largely controlled in terms of chances created, possession, set pieces, and, and many other things. But what could you make of, of this final and of this result? Um, I thought it was a great final. Uh, super, super entertaining game. Uh, both teams really went for it. Uh, obviously, LAFC, that's just how they play. is very high-octane direct. Columbus looked phenomenal. Um, yeah, I thought this was uh, one of the better MLS Cup finals I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, sometimes you look and you think, well, it didn't go extra time. It didn't go penalties like we've seen in previous years, but it didn't matter because the game itself was really, really good. And uh, honestly, I was actually happy that Columbus won because, uh, you know, my friend uh, and again, may rest in peace, Scott, he said that Columbus was his favorite team in the MLS. So I'm glad that they've uh, they've gone out and won it. And uh, by all accounts, Columbus had a great season, so nothing to take away from them. But uh, Again, congrats to the Columbus crew, obviously, uh, a fantastic season. And G, we've covered the MLS on our show all throughout the season, and we do that all the time because, of course, we love it, and uh, it's close to home, and uh, you know we love our TFC and, and all of these things. But what have, have your thoughts been overall on the MLS just through this entire season that we've, uh, that we've covered? Uh, it's like it just it keeps getting so, so much better. Um, one of the biggest things... Like they're focusing on like player development. Like you're seeing young, you know, especially like for us, like young Canadian kids coming into the league and playing, which is great. The quality of like the designated players coming in is getting better and better, unless you're Toronto. Um, like it's just like the league is getting so, so much better. Um, and like I know it's still going to be a while before it, uh, you know, truly competes with European football. But like for us to have like a league of this size and like it's growing still, uh, it's just, it's just amazing. It really is. And uh, long may that continue. And uh, as for us, for you and I personally, and Herdman, we trust, I guess. <laughs> well, we have no other option. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's dire right now. Kind of, It's one of the only times in the MLS I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this offseason to commence because I just need a break from the, the mental push that Toronto FC has been putting on me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like what what what's worse is like it was six years ago yesterday that TFC won MLS Cup, and you're like that was not. It doesn't feel like it was six years ago. It feels like it was no. six lifetimes ago. <laughs> it really does, and how unfortunate that is. But hopefully, uh, the ball will roll in our favor next year. But again, what we have to recognize it is the Columbus Crew, the 2023 MLS Cup champions, and we will cover all of the 2024 MLS season right here on Full Time. This is Daniel Scarpino and Gaetano Gallo, and you're listening to Full Time on the Game Sports Podcast. A reminder that Full Time is sponsored by Little Caesars Pizza. You can download and access the Pizza Portal app for any of the two locations in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Have a delicious hot and ready pizza from Little Caesars today. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Full Time.
As we bring today's show to a close, we want to extend our deepest gratitude and thanks to all of you for being with us. Your support, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, is uh, what allows this show to keep on rolling week in, week out. G, as always, an absolute pleasure, my friend. Hey, it's like this is one of my favorite things to do. I got like this is like the perfect Sunday morning for me, like full time with you. I'm doing bitter rivals soon. I got city on TV like. <laughs> It's literally a perfect day. So thank you for this, Scarps. Absolute pleasure, man. And uh, looking forward to doing it again very soon. And uh, very soon, indeed, we will do it. A reminder to our listeners that the next episode of Full Time will be recorded the week of December 18th, 2023. So just in time for uh, for your Christmas holiday, folks. In that show, we will talk Europe's Big Five, the MLS uh, final, if we have to uh, talk about anything that has kind of transpired after that, because oftentimes we we see in the MLS a final happens and there's some major news that comes out. So we'll talk about any sort of developments that happen after the MLS final, uh, basically with uh, analysts and these sorts of things, uh, the Carabao Cup and the Champions League. As always, we'll keep everyone in the loop with all of the happenings in the world of football. For weekly content, make sure to hit like, follow, and subscribe to all platforms, both the Game Sports Podcast and 91N on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Podbean. For Gatano Gallup, my name is Daniel Scarpino, and thank you for tuning in to Full Time. We look forward to seeing you at kickoff next time back here on the Game Sports Podcast and 91N. Best always.